Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show we're talking about animals who can rebuild themselves like some kind of T-1000. I'm talking self-decapitation, magical dolphin healing, and the incredible regeneration that's happening inside our very own bodies. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, why can't we be part salamander? Joining me today is a TV writer whose articles and columns have been featured in the New Yorker, Guardian, and LA Times, who also writes on some show called Some More News, Dave Schilling. Welcome, hey, Dave. hello. Wow, what a delightful intro. I always try to compliment the hosts on their intro because it sets the tone of congeniality and friendship yes, that I like you. to engender when I go on a podcast. Thank you. All artificial, all just sort of a <laughs> This is a fake, baby. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> this is all just, I just peel my face off and underneath is Patrick Damn it, Bateman. I knew it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, no, thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's a... A treat to have you on here because we are talking about animals who can regenerate themselves, which is inspired by uh, a news story I saw about a sea slug, which I love it when there's nature news and it's just like, hey, look at this sea slug. It's headless. And it's like, yes, you've got me. You got me right where you want me. (laughs) I'm intrigued immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I normally kind of recoil at clickbait, but when it's when it's like, yeah, check out this headless sea slug. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll do it. It's moving around. That's good. I'm clicking on that for sure. Well, I, I am the opposite, and in, in that I see it and I say, no, thank you. Uh, it's enough that you've described a sea sea slug without a head. I don't need to see it. I know what it looks like, and it's not for <laughs> me. I can paint a mental picture of it. Right. Right. What is your relationship with with squiggly animals? Not not a big fan. This is a great question. And uh, when I told my girlfriend I was coming on this show, she said, "You hate animals." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "I guess you're right. I do hate animals. I don't dislike them that strongly, but I was never an animal person because I didn't have pets growing up." Right. Which is strange because I grew up in one of the more rural and and uh, agrarian parts of California, 
this little town called Merced, everybody understood farming and did 4-H and, you know, that was part of the culture. I was just, I, I wanted nothing to do with it. They smell bad. They they <laughs> lick you. Uh, you know, they piss wherever they want. I I don't have that. I don't have those liberties that I can take. Where oh, I can so, you're just jealous. so you're just jealous. Of a little bit. Yeah. Imagine if you could just kind of wander the earth, grazing off of the land, mm-hmm. defecating wherever you please. Right. Not having to work, not having to fill out unemployment insurance forms, <laughs> not having to f- put gas in your gas tank. You just, you know, amble down the road. Right. Eating grass. I mean, you occasionally get slaughtered by some kind of predator, but I think it's worth it to not have to fill out forms to I never mean, deal with bureaucracy again and just occasionally get murdered by a lion. Yeah. Let me think about this. Would I prefer the abattoir or the DMV? Hmm. I'm taking abattoir every difference? time. Huh? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Lambs oh, to the slaughter in there, huh? Got him. Okay. Roasted okay. the DMV. I okay. bet they never saw that coming. No, this is the first time anybody's ever maligned the DMV. Shocking uh, George Carlin <laughs> level groundbreaking humor. <laughs> Acerbic satire. It'll be like one of those fun things like with a podcast where you have the guest on and you're just like constantly grossing them out and they're not having a good time. But we we all we all share a good laugh. Yeah, I'd say one of my favorite podcasts is when they don't have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) When When the guest is visibly sick and the host is like. Trying to navigate their uh, psychoses. That's my favorite kind right. of podcast. When the gist is nauseous the whole time. That's that's the uh, <laughs> sort of aura, the, the environment I'm trying to cultivate on this podcast. Is, Isn't is, that what Joe Rogan does? Oh, you know, I don't know if that's intentional, but for sure. <laughs> Another one. First the DMV <laughs> and then Roasted. Rogan. Man, Fantastic. Joe Rogan, he's like the DMV of podcasts. Finish. Am he's I right? Done. Um, I hope that I hope that I learned something today. I might not revel in it the way that you will, but I want to learn something. Yeah, I think as long as we're both open to learning, Mm -hmm. we're both going to be happy people. Yes, I I think that, and this is a good message for the listeners too. Like we're gonna we're gonna learn some stuff about animals. Listen, you don't have to like the idea of self decapitation. I'm not trying to get you to like be calm about self-decapitation but to understand it more you know to to get to know it i think understanding something makes us less afraid so if you're if i'm saying you know hey look at this animal it pulls off its own head and keeps on living your first reaction might be terror but let's let's have that reaction turn into understanding and knowledge empathy empathize mm-hmm. with this creature right right when a little girl like has her head do a 360 degree turn and then says like wanna play with me like i think you need to learn like do play with her find out like you know just explore the world around you yeah she's literally just asking to to connect right he's not she doesn't necessarily want to kill you yeah like he the, just wants to kid, have fun that kid in the shining was such a snob these little girls ask him to come play with them and it's like you know they're like, and play with us forever. That's awesome. Todd Browning's freaks, one of us, they wanted to have a little gang, a little group yeah. of friends. So fun. Fun times. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. have fun times with self-decapitating sea slugs is the point. So self-decapitating sea slug, uh, I feel like every topic on this show sounds like a good metal band name. And <laughs> it just is a rule. It, like it always it always happens. Uh, so yeah, self-decapitating sea slug, good metal band, uh, name. We've actually talked about planarians on the show, which is a type of flatworm that can regenerate itself if you chop it up into little pieces. So if you chop off its head or cut it in half into little pieces, like Gordon Ramsay could just go to town on one of those things and it would keep regrowing itself, which is pretty great. Um, but the discovery of the sea slug is unique in that it it actually, it's not just that it regenerates self-decapitates. It decapitates itself, which kind of sounds like a weird sea slug fetish, um, but apparently it's not. Um, So first, I want to thank New York Times science writer Annie Roth for her amazing article on this subject. Uh, So researchers discovered this self-decapitation habit in lab-raised Elysia 
marginata, which is a green and orange sea slug that looks kind of like a wavy, succulent plant. I actually originally misread its scientific name as margarita because it kind of looks like a margarita to me. You know, it's like green and it's like got like sort of pink or orangey pink on the rims. So it's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's like a refreshing margarita. It's 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 covered in salt. <laughs> I think that would be bad for it. Although it is a sea slug, so it is naturally covered in salt. If you have if you have three of them, your pants just fall off. You know, <laughs> just like a margarita. Anyway, um, this guy, why does he do this? Why does he take his head off? That is an excellent question. Here's a question: like, if you had the power to take off your own head, just for you know, like would like would you? I mean, it wouldn't hurt you. Like you wouldn't die, but you could do that. Would that be a fun superpower to have, or would you just pass on that? I don't know what I would do with that superpower. Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Walk around the grove and mm-hmm. freak people out. I it maybe you hide your head in a in a closet, and then right. you can observe other people. Uh, doing things like mm. you know, you can be a voyeur of a sort, sort right. of like the Invisible Man, but it's right. your head. Um, you could you could uh, you know put your head in uh, in like a like the an office of a movie studio and you can get a bunch of spoilers right. for the latest Marvel film. I, I don't think I would want to do that though, because then <laughs> where could I go when my head was off? Right. Um, Nowhere, because <laughs> I don't have a head. So, well, here's it a thought, though: self-defeating and self-decapitating. Self-defeating and self-decapitating. Yeah, no, I mean, though, for me, if like I could just set my head up in front of the microphone and continue to podcast, where my like let my body roam around the apartment, bonk into things, maybe like put some like food down my neck hole. You know what I mean? Like it seems, you know. I could take a, a nice nap right now. Yeah, take a nap with my body and fold some laundry while I'm doing podcasts. Oh, I should oh. fold laundry while I'm doing podcasts just with my normal body. Yeah, but what if like you need to hit the stop button mm. on the record or something? It's, right. Uh, yeah, I, you call I don't your know. body over and your body's like, nah, I'm taking a nap. But yeah, so your question is a very good one. Why would a sea slug want to self-decapitate? Does it want to spook its friends? Well, they looked into this, and there's actually something called self-amputation or autonomy in other animals. So lizards will detach their tails, and it's often used as a self-defense mechanism. So if the lizard gives the predator the tail and escapes, she lost her tail, but she keeps her life, uh, and it's a good trade. But this habit of voluntarily amputating your whole body is new, and what's even more interesting is that, like, these specimens they saw doing this were in a lab. They weren't being pursued by a predator. So what was going on? So the researchers started studying the sea slug self-decapitations because that's what you do as a research. If you find an animal in your lab is cutting off its own head, you're like, okay, you know, I guess we got to look into this now. So their research seems to indicate that the self-decapitations are a purposeful way for the sea slugs to ditch their bodies when they become infected with parasites, which... Oh, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I actually, if I became infected with parasites, I think I would want to just get rid of my old body and grow a whole new one. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'd be done. Yeah. I find like like you have tapeworms. It's like all right, we gotta just like that's it. We I would we, do that if I had like really bad gas. Right, just get rid of the whole body. Get a new Let me one. Get another body. Uh, I did think of one excellent use of self decapitation. Yes. Let's say in the near future, when it's possible, you're at a party, and you're hanging out and you know having a drink or eating some snacks or like. Hanging by the the ox cable and picking the songs because you're antisocial. <laughs> Somebody comes uh, by and says, "Oh, I'd like to talk to this person because they're interesting or cute or whatever." Well, if you want to get rid of a pesky party guest who is hassling you or is uh, inane or boring or offensive, instead of uh, you know just being rude, you pop that old head off. And freak them out. 
They're like, all right, right. I'm going to talk to somebody without a head. And they run, they scamper away. And then you pop the head back on. I'm like, all right, that person hit the bricks and uh, you're good to go. Yeah, no, I do like that. I like the escape. Sort of in your scenario, it's similar to autonomy in nature because they do it to escape predation. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, you do it to escape an awkward situation. I think I would probably set up like one of those little miniature basketball hoops in my apartment or wherever, it's like the trash can hoops where you throw the trash in and it goes into a little bucket, but with my head. So if someone's like, how's it going? Do you have any new projects going in on, on in your life? Like what's new? And like, I don't want to answer because literally nothing is going on in my life. And I don't know how to answer like what's new with you. And I'm embarrassed. Just check my head into the the hoop and go like, whoop. This is, yeah, I think we've we've sussed out why this should be the next stage of human evolution. Yes. Being able to take off your own head. Yes. And the way to do it, if we're going to copy the sea slugs mechanism, is they actually have, it's a clean cut, which is interesting because they don't actually have little tiny sea slug guillotines that they use. It's, they actually seem to dissolve the cells around this sort of amputation line so that their head just can kind of like, you know, pop off of their body and they will regenerate from that like area from the, the stump uh, a, an entirely new body. Within actually a few weeks, their body is is starting to regrow. Maybe not to its original size, but it is. They actually get a new body. the The old body actually, so it doesn't regrow a new head, but the old body does remain alive for like a few months. And like rea- months, yeah, it reacts to getting poked. It's eventually gonna die because there's no head, and it it apparently can't regrow a head. So it's not like the sea slug becomes two sea slugs, but the body just kind of shambles around for a few months before finally decomposing. Which, uh, you know, is neat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. It also looks like a potato chip here, like you know, one of those mm. like. Uh, those Terra chips that are multiple yeah. colors, like looks like a Terra chip or something. Oh yeah, yeah, where it's like made out of some kind of yam instead of a <laughs> yes. potato, and you convince yourself it's as good as a potato chip, but it's not. It never is. It's disgusting. Yeah, like just the, like I imagine this sea slug is if I would eat mm, him. I don't or know. her or her. Okay, uh, it's twenty twenty one. Thank you. It's twenty twenty one. I don't mm-hmm. know though. That scene from the um from the Lion King where they're eating all those bugs. You know, this looks like one of the good ones. One of the good the good ones that they One of the good ones. Yeah, you know what? This is I think this this sea slug is an ally for sure. One of the yeah. good ones. <laughs> so another cool thing about these self-decapitating sea slugs is they also practice kleptoplasty, which is when they steal chloroplasts from the algae they eat and then hijack them for their own solar power production. So the sea slugs can then derive energy from the sun like a plant because they've just stolen the plant's method of energy conversion. Uh, and so, yeah, they are solar-powered, body-regrowing auto-decapitators, which I think is cool. Yeah, that's also a great name for a metal band. It is, yes. It, it's like nothing that I say on this show couldn't be turned into a metal band. You know what I mean? I agree. I think you should get t-shirts made up yeah. that look like metal band t-shirts, but they say self-decapitating Ooh. sea slugs instead of Danzig. I do like this. This is a good merch opportunity. Yeah. And then, yeah, just have like the metal font and then a sea slug like on some drums, but it's just its head. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it playing the drums with no with no arms or legs? Bounce, bouncing from drum to drum. <laughs> oh, it's like the, the two little... um. It's little antenna are the thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thump, 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 thump. Eye stalks, exactly. Okay, see, it's <laughs> eye stalks. Is that what they're called? Um, or they're 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 either called tentacles or rhinophores. Actually, you're right. These are not uh, eye stalks in land snails. Those are eye stalks, but in the sea slug, they're they're called rhinophores. They have mm. they don't have the eyes on them. They have sensory organs, though. So, so I was right. Me. You ah, were. Who is the expert now? <laughs> Could it be me? I guess so. Now it's your podcast. This is the rules. All I right, Katie. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a salamander that regrows limbs. I'm just. <laughs> this is true. But first, we've got to take a commercial break. Oh wait, no, no, it's your podcast now. So you. Okay. You <laughs> um. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about a salamander that regrows its limbs. But first, 
Let's pause for a commercial break. And now you do the whole outro by memory. The whole outro by memory. <laughs> While the sea slug's self-decapitation is the most impressive form of self-amputation, the award for drama has to go to crabs and other crustaceans who, when faced with a dilemma, will, with a flourish, rip off their own arms to escape danger or simply to ditch an injured claw. From a crab who rips off its own arm and throws it at a seagull to escape predation to a crayfish who amputates its own injured claw after escaping a pot of boiling water, there are many dramatic escapes caught on video of crustaceans flipping their attacker the ultimate bird by shucking off their entire arm. Eventually, they'll be able to grow their arm back. In fact, some commercial fishers declaw crabs as an allegedly more sustainable form of fishing. They'll catch the crab, rip the crab claw off, and chuck the live crab back into the ocean, albeit missing one or more of their arms. The thought is that by harvesting only the crab claw and tossing the rest of the crab back, the crab at least has a chance to regrow its limb, continue to live and reproduce. And while it's an interesting idea, maybe a tad diabolical, it's not yet proven that this really is sustainable, as limb regeneration in crabs does take time and energy, so there's no guarantee they'll actually survive the trauma. It also seems kind of mean to the crabs, but at the same time, I guess it's better than the, the whole crab being dead. I'm not a crab, or at least not yet, so I can't speak for the crabs. When we return, we're going to talk about the surprising acts of regeneration happening inside our own bodies. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Humans can't regrow limbs. If I get in a fight, I can't simply throw my arm at someone, run away while calling out my classic catchphrase, I gotta hand it to ya! But as embryos, we have surprising superpowers. If we lose a limb bud as an embryo, the tiny nub from which a whole limb will grow, we can regenerate a new limb bud. 
This is due to the preponderance of stem cells we have as developing embryos, the undifferentiated cells that can become any cell that our growing bodies need. But even as adults, we have some regenerative capabilities where you might least expect it. Our spooky skeletons! Are you ready to talk about skeletons? I know it's not Halloween, but you know. Yes? <laughs> I wasn't, sure if I, was, I, I wasn't sure if I was back in yet. You're back in. We're back right, in, back and we're talking in. about skeletons. I would love to talk about a skeleton. Every time you think that you get out of, out of talking about skeletons, I pull you back in. Yeah, just like in The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, so I think our skeletons are really interesting because our kind of perception of skeletons is like, it's like the spooky stuff that gets left behind after we die. You can play it like a xylophone, but it's basically dead. It's, it's, not, it's not living tissue. It's like, because it's not living tissue, it's the only thing that's left behind after we we're dead and get eaten by vultures and worms and stuff. But uh, our bones are actually very much alive, which is kind of a weird thing to think about, I guess. It's like, you know? Like we have this whole living skeleton inside of us. I think of of bones as, like you said, kind of a waste product of a dead person, or or the things that are inside of me that keep me from uh, turning into a pile of goo. Yeah, but yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't think about the fact that there's there's all kinds of information going on in there. It feels like sort of the rind of the human. You know, when you eat a chicken, you got these leftover chicken bones, and you just you know throw them out. You could gnaw on that bad boy for for days exactly. and still get stuff out of it. Yeah, no, I actually crack open chicken bones and suck out the marrow, which uh, <laughs> some people find unpleasant to look at, so I don't do Sorry, it in front of people. you do that? You yeah. crack them open and mm -hmm. suck suck the marrow out. It's You can eat it. I mean, you have to be careful. I don't necessarily recommend everyone do this because like, you don't want to get like a little... If the bone is like cooked, like you don't want to get a chunk of... Uh, you know, pokey chicken bone down your throat. So be very careful. But you can't mm -hmm. actually eat like the marrow inside bones. In fact, if you've ever had at a restaurant bone marrow, uh, it's it's actually really good. You can like have cow bone marrow where it's like spread on toast or something, and it's uh, it's actually really full of of uh, protein and fat. So do you you live with another human being, right? And you do this in front yes, of them? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> And what does this person, your person, think about this uh, particular <laughs> pathology, I guess, is the probably, word for it? Probably he's just glad it's not him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Oh, boy. I mean, I licked my plate and my ex-wife thought I was a absolute pig. But uh, this is another level of, yeah. of making your uh, meal... Um, a little more, uh, I guess, what's the word? Waste-free, yeah. Waste-free, yes. <laughs> yeah, just tell your wife, at least I don't eat the bones. At least I don't suck the marrow out of a chicken bone <laughs> for fun. Anyway. Again, be very careful doing that. I don't want people to like, you know, like everyone's going to try this now because they're like, oh, Katie does it. it must be cool. But don't choke on a chicken bone. Yeah, Katie's going to tell you, be careful. I'm going to tell you, don't do it. How about that? <laughs> How about don't? How about just whatever she said, do the opposite and then we'll be fine. Yeah, sure. All right. No, I'm cool with that. So <laughs> you might not think of your bones as being living tissue, but it very much is. So the part of the bones that we think of, like, you know, the spooky skeleton, plate like a xylophone, that is the ossified part of the bone made of calcium. And that is indeed left behind after the rest of our bodies decay. And that is basically the only non-living part of the bone. Um, one of the functions of the skeleton is for skeletal support, as you mentioned, Dave, like, so we don't turn into a puddle of jello. I remember learning that in preschool where they showed us, like, what would happen to a human body if you removed all the bones and it turned into, like, a human pudding. And it was vaguely traumatic, and maybe it explains why I am the way I am now. She went on they, chicken bones. They showed you yeah. a, a human goo? Yeah. Where did you, where did you grow up? San Diego. Ah, uh, all <laughs> makes sense now. Folks, if you're from California, if you're from California, you know San Diego 
is where dreams go to die. So <laughs> this is all checking out. The the laid back surfer culture is just a front from the diabolical things going on beneath. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. yeah, so that is one of the functions. It supports muscle tissue, um, but it also has other functions. So inside the bone is the marrow, the spongy living tissue that's very important for our bodies. So stem cells in the bone marrow actually foster cell production. So there's red and yellow bone marrow. Red marrow produces blood cells, platelets, and white blood cells, whereas yellow marrow stores fat and produces cartilage, fat, and cells that will construct the bones themselves. And here's a question. So if bones are just, you know, these kind of this dead framework that supports our bodies, like how do we, why don't we just have like a baby skeleton in us, right? Like they, we somehow go from being a baby with like a baby skeleton to being a full grown adult with like an adult skeleton. So the skeleton is growing with us somehow. And it's actually really interesting the way that this works. So bones are very dynamic and they go through an incredible process of planned destruction and renewal that continues throughout adulthood. And it's called bone remodeling, which mm. again, another metal band cover. Also, I feel like, you know, that would be in Nightmare Before Christmas or something. It's like that's like the construction, the spooky ghost construction thing is bone remodeling. I was going to say bone remodeling. It should be a TLC reality show, uh, sort of like uh, House Hunters or, you know, those renovation shows. But they renovate your bones. Yes, exactly. I see. I see. It's like, ah, yes. your bones. See, here's the problem with your, your bones. Your bones weren't built on a good foundation, so we're going to need mm. to take them all out. Yeah, we're going to have to rip those bones out. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not good bones. These they're are bad bones. bones. They're so bad we're bones. we're going to put good bones in there uh, that we got from Crate and Barrel. Oh, God, we found so much asbestos in your bones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the resale value on your bones? Mm, probably not We much. shall soon find out. <laughs> Uh, so there are cells uh, that are responsible for breaking down your bones, and there are cells responsible for building up your bone mass. So these cells like to break down your bones just to build them back up like a cult. So as kids, they're actually much more building than there is breaking down, which helps us grow bigger skeletons. In fact, like by the time you turn one years old, you'll have replaced 100% of your skeleton. In comparison, as adults, we only replace about 10% of our bone tissue every year. So as adults, like once we're done growing, which Dave, both you and I have, it's all downhill from here. Um, yeah, sadly. <laughs> sadly. That breaking down and building process is pretty much at equilibrium for a while, but as we get even older, the breaking down process can sometimes outpace the building process, which is why sometimes as you get older, you actually get shorter. Um, it can also lead to problems like osteoporosis or the weakening of the bones. So basically, you have this very dynamic construction process with your bones. And there are the two cells that are responsible are called osteoclasts and osteoblasts. So osteoclasts are like the demolitions expert of the team. They come in. They're responsible for breaking down the mineral components and collagen of your bones and releases these broken down components into the blood, which is a process called resorption. So you're reabsorbing these minerals that you're breaking down. Mm. Then osteoblasts come in, use those recycled minerals, and deposit it into a new layer of bone tissue, which is called ossification. It's also one of the reasons that it's like important to have calcium, because even though you are recycling the bone that you're breaking down, it's a lossy process. Like you lose some of the, the calcium and minerals. Uh, so like to help strengthen your bones so that like when they're rebuilding it, they have enough materials to build strong layers of bone. It's good to have calcium and milk or ice cream. Or eating animal bones? No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, sucking on chicken bones. That's going to keep you strong and healthy. That's what I tell my son. Here, suck on this thing. And yeah. he's like, going to town on that chicken bone. And uh, um, he's he's a huge child. He's, <laughs> he's bigger he's than me now. 99 per 99th percentile for his age. And 
head size because he sucks on chicken bones all the time. Oh, wow. I, I like, uh, yeah, that's good parenting. That's what they call it. Start like a start like a dad blog where it's just about your giant child who eats chicken bones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the the bean dad of twenty twenty one. But see, it's I, the opposite, right? Because bean dad denied his daughter sustenance of the can of beans, whereas chicken dad offers whole chickens to his son and allows the son to go to town on. No, them. I'm I'm gonna make him slaughter that chicken himself. Right, exactly. They gotta learn He's, young. Be a man. <laughs> uh, toxic masculinity is the worst thing to happen to chickens. Truly. So while bone, while routine bone regeneration is no big deal for humans, we can't regrow whole bones after like our limbs, something happens to a limb. You know, our bones can heal. You know, if you've ever had a broken bone, you know that whole process. But if a, a limb is amputated, the bone doesn't just grow back along with the whole arm. Some of our tissue does regenerate to some degree, like our skin regenerates to some degree. But again, we're not growing back whole arms. And so why can't we do this while salamanders totally can? Uh, Salamanders can regrow whole body parts, bones and all, if they are lost. So it's legs or tail it can regrow. They are able to do this trick by basically turning the cells at a wound site into embryonic, undifferentiated cells. So they revert to these embryonic cells, which can then uh, be differentiated into any type of tissue needed. But humans and other vertebrates can't do this, except when we're embryos. So like I said earlier, when we're embryos, we can regrow limb buds. Uh, because we have all of those stem cells, all of those like basically can be anything they want cells. Like in the Lego, remember in Lego, the movie two, where it's like, I can be anything I want to be thing. It's like the cells, but then they're turning into bones. Is this track? Oh, okay. does this, do the kids like this? I, I don't know if kids like this, but I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm hip. I know the Lego movies. <laughs> so also... Not just embryos, this is a cool trick that young children can do to a certain extent. So young children can regenerate the tips of their fingers much more easily than adults can. So they can grow back the whole finger. Whereas as adults, we can grow back some of our, like the very tip of our finger. Again, don't try this at home, guys. I cannot emphasize this enough. Please don't. Please don't try it at home. But yeah, children are much better at growing back the tips of their fingers uh, because they have... They're, like when you're younger, you just have more ability to regenerate because you're growing. You have more of these undifferentiated cells. But I think like one of the big questions is like, why don't humans and other vertebrates, for that matter, like have these regeneration skills that we see in salamanders who are a vertebrate, but are one of the rare vertebrates who can regrow like whole limbs or even lizards who can regrow their tails there's like a mammal called a spiny mouse, which can regrow uh, its fingers. Actually, a lot of I think a lot of mice can actually regrow their fingers, but the spiny mouse is especially interesting because it allows like whole chunks of its skin and tissue to get pulled off it's, if it's being attacked by something, and then it can regrow it. So we see this in a few animals, but not in a lot of them, and especially not in uh, big animals like humans. It, it seems like a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't we want to regenerate arms? Clearly the biological ability to do that exists, but we just don't have that, which seems like a downer. But uh, one of the theories is that scar tissue formation is actually a positive trait that helps quickly seal wounds. So if every wound site goes like the whole regeneration route, we may not be able to close over that wound fast enough to prevent infection. So if you have a really big wound and you're really quickly sealing it with a scar, that may actually improve your outcome mm. in terms of preventing infection, especially if you have a longer lifespan, like something like a um, sea slug or a lizard or a salamander or a mouse may have a shorter lifespan and having and, you know, are more preyed upon. So being able to have this limb regeneration is a more important evolutionary feature than to something like a human where, you know, we 
we have longer lives. And so if like every time we get like a wound or something, it's like this long process of regeneration. We just have this like baby arm that takes weeks and weeks to like <laughs> grow back. It may actually be more difficult for us to uh, survive. Another issue is that regeneration of huge amounts of tissue can actually increase the risk of cancer because every time you have cell replication, there's a very, very tiny chance of a mutation. But every time you like spin that wheel, you may get a cancerous cell. Um, so like if uh, you have a whole limb regenerating versus just like some of your skin healing, that's you're rolling the like cell mutation die a lot more. So it may increase the risks of cancer. So like, again, like if, you know, th these kinds of traits would have started popping up much earlier in our evolutionary tree, but it would make sense if like our ancestors, it's like they are starting to get longer lifespans and they're bigger. And so like that playing with that number of cells ended up just like if you were regenerating things, it would maybe end up giving you cancer before you know, it could serve you any purpose. Right. That that makes sense. I never would have thought that being able to regenerate your limbs could give you cancer. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad to evolution for sparing us right. that particular indignity. Thank you. Which is the thing about Wolverine, like, he should be riddled with tumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But Wolverine's uh, powers... Kill cancer cells? Hmm. I don't know. Why it's is it um, called salamanderine? I think that's not as cool looking, and he wouldn't have the claws. Hmm. He would just—he wouldn't have legs. He just kind of scoot around. Salamanders yeah, have legs. They do. You're right. You're right. So he would <laughs> trot around. Right. But They're just little and stubby. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cute, like a wolverine with little baby legs, and <laughs> like he just <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> What about brains? Can we regenerate brain tissue? The standard knowledge is that only children generate new brain tissue. As adults, our brains stop developing. Recovering from brain injuries or stroke doesn't involve growing new brain tissue, but through the art of neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to adapt by rerouting neural connections and creating new neural networks using old brain tissue. It's how you learn new things, even as an adult, and proves our brains are surprisingly good at making do with what we've got. But the classic idea that we can't regenerate neurons as adults is being called into question by new research. When adult neurons are damaged, they don't simply die. They may revert back to an embryonic state, from which point they can regenerate and create new connections. The real reason that brain tissue doesn't regrow after brain injury, according to new research, is not that neurons themselves can't heal, but that the injured tissue surrounding the neurons is too damaged to keep the neurons alive long enough for them to heal. So now the question medical researchers are tackling is how we might be able to intervene by implanting a bioscaffold in the injured part of the brain to foster neural healing. Speaking of brains, let's talk about one of the world's brainiest aquatic mammals, the dolphin, who, as it turns out, shares more with Wolverine than Aquaman. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Dolphins are relatively large, so they don't face many natural predators other than human boats and fishers. But of course, there are sharks, and while the conflict between sharks and dolphins is by no means one-sided, dolphins are smart enough to tip smaller or younger sharks over, which stuns them and allows the dolphins to mercilessly attack. Dolphins do have to worry about attacks from large sharks, like bull sharks or great whites. So what do you do when your backyard is full of sharks? So Dave... I think we take for granted that we don't just have to encounter sharks all the time. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, they'd have a hard time handling uh, the surface world. Roller skates. Sure. One word. Roller skates. <laughs> roller skates. Put them in a radio flyer wagon <laughs> and pull them. They just um, like are in a little wagon like and then pushing it with their little flippers going, eh, going to get you. Eh, going to get you. <laughs> I'm gonna go on Shark Tank and pitch that. It'll be and really it'll be popular, ironic, I think. Because I'll say, "Okay, sharks, literally." Yeah. Uh, uh, you get it. Sad yeah. that Shark Tank isn't just a bunch of sharks, and then like they have two buttons. Button one is yes, and button two is no. And then if they press no, you get fed to them, and that's like, uh, yeah. You know. I feel like uh, you know there was a time when you could have like these very deep cable channels where not a whole lot was on uh, and you just leave it on. Like I wanted a, a, a extended cable channel called shark tank where it's just sharks in a tank and every t- 20 minutes or so they throw chum into the tank and they eat it. That would be relaxing. But, I think. Yeah. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love sharks, but I also love that sharks are in the ocean and not out of the ocean where I am. Yes. Um, the uh, threat to humans in terms of sharks is always sort of over overestimated. Like, it's true that sharks do very occasionally attack people, but the simple fact is we are just not around them that much, so it's very rare. And most of them, most sharks don't actually want to deal with us. Like, they don't want anything to do with us. We don't, we don't taste good. Like, they don't seem to like how we taste, like they'll often take a bite and be like, oh, no, no, thank you. Uh, So like often shark attacks are accidental. But dolphins, on the other hand, are not only potential prey, but they're also competition. So dolphins and sharks get into fights sometimes. And if you're a dolphin, you need some strategy for living in this environment where you have a bunch of bitey boys running around trying trying to chomp on you. (laughs) Bitey boys. <laughs> Isn't that cute? There's another band name. <laughs> again. That's more of a punk band, though, not a metal band. You know what I mean? I, like, oi, we're the Bitey Boys. The Bitey Boys. Right. <laughs> um, so dolphins seem to be able to heal very rapidly from severe shark bites and other injuries from observations. So this is a 
pretty new area of research. How do you study something like this? You can't just have a dolphin in a lab and then hurt it. You'd be a monster and mm -hmm. you'd go to jail. You'd go to mm -hmm. dolphin jail and human jail. Like I think, mm -hmm. I think everyone could agree that just like hurting a dolphin, you know, intentionally. Pretty messed up. Pretty Let's messed not up. do that. You just go to jail. Go to, you know. So we can't study it without being evil in a lab setting. So it's all based on observations of dolphins. So these observations seem to indicate that they can survive what seems like it should be mortal wounds from a shark. And they don't seem to bleed out. They seem actually surprisingly stoic. They don't seem to show a huge pain response, at least visually. And they can heal back with minimal changes to their body contour. So that means like there's not a big like crater in their body. Like if you've ever had like a nasty injury or something, you know that sometimes your skin doesn't heal back all the way to where it used to be. You can actually have little craters or, or bumps or something like that. And that, that's normal because like scar tissue doesn't necessarily, it's not the same as the tissue was beforehand. So it's really surprising to be able to heal from a grievous like a shark bite that takes a chunk out of you and have minimal dimpling like that. Yeah, I lost uh, some skin from um, like getting cut with some glass Ouch. Like, right, uh, on sorry. my ring finger, Ugh. left ring finger. Ugh. And it's healed. It healed fine. But it's always going to be kind of dented and yeah. kind of wrinkly looking like yeah. it's never going to go back to how it was because it's. Not the same tissue, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's that's normal. And when you think in terms of our survival, it makes sense because, you know, you don't need necessarily your tissue to look exactly the same if you're healing fast enough. But, like, if you're dealing with a big, like, a big chunky bite from a shark, you don't, losing all of that tissue mass would be harmful in terms of, like, your mobility, especially as a dolphin. It makes sense that they would want to heal back from this relatively well. And I have shared an image with you. I was, uh, I did put a warning on it that it is dolphin, um, dolphin stuff. Uh, I think, yeah, I might put this in the show notes, but I will put a lot of warnings on it so people know. Because it shows pretty nasty, unpleasant looking uh, injury on a dolphin from a shark bite. And each picture is sequential. So the last picture is the healed dolphin and the first picture is its initial injury. And looking at this, it, sh it doesn't look like a survivable wound. It looks, you know, this looks like a dolphin that is, its days are numbered. <laughs> it's horrific. Yes. If yes. you're wondering if you want to look at it because it's in the show notes, uh, don't. Like, I feel like Katie's... Uh, Suggested a lot of truly horrible things for you <laughs> after this podcast is over. And I have to be the voice of reason I and see. say, mm, this okay. dolphin is gross. Okay, okay. So don't eat chicken bones and don't look at the bad dolphin pictures. Yes, don't look at the dolphin picture, please. But if you Google dolphin injuries, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so They put you on a watch list if you do that. <laughs> Well, I'm probably already on one then. Uh-oh. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the reason I'm showing you this is not just to, you know, gross you out. Although that, I got to admit, maybe that's part of it. But it is to show you how incredibly good the dolphin's healing is. Like it does, it's not that it doesn't have scar tissue. It does definitely you can see that in the last uh, thing. But it it's healed over and not only has it healed but it's filled in a lot of the missing tissue so it looks basically like like the the heel site looks like it should have been just from a few scratches not from a shark literally taking a huge chunk out of it <sighs> yeah it looks like uh i don't know you know the underside of a rug you know it's got the like the material so it doesn't slide that's sort oh, of yeah. what the inside of a dolphin looks like <laughs> And yeah. it's interesting you'd say that because, yeah, it's not like this super bloody tissue. And that seems to be that they're able to constrict the blood flow so they don't bleed out due to these wounds. Mm -hmm. In terms of how they're able to do this, obviously, it's it's hard to know through pure observation. There are some 
theories that I read in terms of like being able to prevent blood loss, it may be through similar mechanisms that help them actually dive really deep. So they can decrease their heart rate and constrict blood from their peripheral tissues into the center of their bodies for deep dives, which helps them cope with the pressures of diving without risking the bends as they surface. But the blood constriction may also help them like not not bleed too heavily if they if a shark takes a little nibble on them. Um, the stoic pain response is more of a mystery. It's just through observation. I don't know how they can possibly know that the dolphin's not in pain. I bet it is. Like, I don't really know. You know, it's like you can't ask a dolphin, like, on a scale of zero to ten, like, how bad is your shark bite? And the dolphin's going like, yee! And that is there a way a to like, like we don't know. Is, is there a way to monitor like their brain activity? Um, possibly. I we would have to first like figure out what their brain does while they're in pain, which brings us back to the evil scientist thing again. Right. You'd have to torture the dolphin right, to get right. a reading. But mm. I don't know. I mean, like, there's probably something more elegant, like um, if you measure, there are probably certain neurotransmitters associated with pain, like cortisol and production and stuff. That's like. That is a response to feeling pain is, and is the body's way of trying to cope with the pain. So maybe if you like take a blood sample and uh, measure the level of cortisol, maybe that would tell you something. I don't know. I'm not a pain scientist because <laughs> as, as much as it sounds like I'm an evil scientist on this show, I'm actually not because I'm not a scientist. But um, <laughs> in terms of preventing infection... That's actually maybe an easier thing to answer. Dolphin blubber, which is the layer of fatty tissues in dolphins. Blubber is also found in whales and other aquatic mammals like seals and walruses. So blubber contains antimicrobial and antibiotic compounds. These compounds are called organohalogens, and they contain chlorine molecules, which actually works uh, as a disinfectant. Again, or or organohalogens. That one, no, that's a hair, that's a hair band. <laughs> yeah, organohalogens. Yeah. I could also see that being like a kraut rock, mm. uh, like a craft worky kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like everyone's dressed as steampunk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and in terms of how they heal so well without excess scar tissue or dimpling, uh, researchers suspect it may be due to better regeneration of the tissue, that they may have some of that salamander-esque quality of being able to have their tissue revert back to that embryonic state and then heal. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I, I think it's really interesting uh, that, especially to see this in such a large animal, because I feel like it's usually the smaller animals that are able to do these amazing feats of regeneration. So having a big, highly intelligent animal being able to do this, it's like, it kind of makes me question why we're not better at it. Like, There's a lot of things I feel like humans should be better at. Yeah, compared to dolphins. I'm just jealous of dolphins. They've got a lot to offer. I mean, they're cuter than us. They, again, carefree living. Mm -hmm. Don't have to pay taxes. That's don't right. have to go to the gym to stay in shape. They're but... constantly exercising. They're never not exercising. They're swimming all day. Maybe we what should make them pay taxes, though. Like, why is, how is that fair? <laughs> this is the platform of the Republican Party, I think, going forward, is tax the dolphins, don't tax me. Yeah, tax These cuts for the rich loaders. and have the dolphins pick up the slack. We're going to make the dolphins pay for it. <laughs> We're going to build a wall around the ocean and make the dolphins pay for it. <laughs> Before we go, I want to read a really nice listener email. Um, so this is from Evan. And he writes, my name is Evan, he, him, his, and I want to say I love your podcast. Thank you, Evan. I spent many years working as a fish biologist for USFWS, working on ESA projects involved with fish. Some of the work I did for them required me reading up on some of the first written accounts on what people were finding in rivers in the Southwest. These were great biological writings that often gave us insight into a healthier stage of the river. And it was very interesting because many of the oldest biological descriptions for fish in the Southwest also contained a portion of the writing that described how they tasted and the best way to cook them. 
For a group of people trying to help save endangered species, we found it very funny that the original descriptions of these often involved how they tasted. So that was a long roundabout way of letting your guest from this episode know. So I think this was back, uh, we did an episode and we speculated around, like, is it okay to wonder how animals taste, extinct animals or, or other animals like tasted, like dinosaurs. I think we're wondering how dinosaurs tasted. Anyways, Evan writes, so that, that was a long roundabout way of letting your guests from this episode know that it's okay to be thinking about how these species would taste. Uh, these days, I have more time to listen to podcasts. The business I started, Drinking Horn Meadery, has me driving a lot, and your podcast is a great way to get through the miles and learn a bit while I'm at it. If Stitcher let me put up reviews, you would have a five-star review from me. Keep up the good work. From Evan. Thank you, Evan. Oh, That's really Evan. Nice. What a sweetheart. Really sweet. Yeah, and thank you. That is interesting to me that, like... I mean, it's unsurprising, I guess, that early biologists are like, oh, wow, a new animal. Let me put it in my mouth. I, yeah, I've never once thought, like, what does this animal taste like? What does uh, a dog <laughs> taste like? I don't want to find out, personally. Well, not dogs, but if if you're, like, if you got, like, a new type of fish that's, like, pink and green and it's got weird spikes and, like, saw blades for eyeballs, like, I'd want to know. I'd want to know. Like, what's it hiding? <laughs> what are you hiding? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of delicious flavors are you hiding? Right. Like, I Katie? think Darwin ate a lot of the animals he discovered, too. Katie, I think you're demented. Well, you know. Look, some people are afraid of research and knowledge. <laughs> like me, specifically. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> You're just you're just upset that I want to eat a bunch of undiscovered animals and chicken bones. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, what's there to, what's there not to love? <laughs> these are normal these are normal behaviors. These Dave, are feelings that everyone has and it's valid. My wanting to eat iguanas is valid. I'm gonna stop king shaming. And I'm gonna allow <laughs> you to I know, I'm kidding again. Oh no. Oh, that's what someone says when it's definitely not a kink. It's not a kink. No, it's it's not sexual in any way. <laughs> when it's a hundred percent sexual. Yeah. Ooh. I think that's a good way. I think that's a good place to end the podcast, don't you? I agree. I feel like we've gotten just to the point where this is still classy. <laughs> we've just we've got we've come to the line of it, and like if we cross it, no. Anyways. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sorry for, you know, um, eating chicken bones while we're recording and for the pictures of all the weird things like self-decapitation, but I hope you learned. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the show notes for this episode, you should put uh, time codes uh, for every single moment when you made me sick uh, to my stomach, <laughs> uh, just so the audience can skip ahead to the fun parts. Yes. Exactly, exactly. We will mark those down. Dave learned never to come on the show again. <laughs> Dave learned Katie sucks marrow out of chicken bones. <laughs> well, where can people find you? Oh, at my house? Uh, but you meant on the internet, right? I did, Okay, yeah. so uh, at Dave underscore Schilling is me on Twitter. You can uh, find out all the things that I'm thinking about at 3 in the morning. Uh, or just, you know, jokes or uh, promotion for all the things that I'm doing. Uh, please, please just seek me out, find me, follow me, and interact with me because I want to be your friend. Very much. That sounded... <laughs> That's nice. That's lovely. Um, but so people can just show up at your house. No, please don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. And if you want to write in your very own email to the show, you can write me at Creature Feature Pod at gmail.com. Write in your complaints about all the chicken bone business. That's fine. Um, don't eat them. Don't eat them. Uh, disclaimer because i don't want people writing in i tried to eat a chicken bone now it's lodged in my brain 
All right. And then also, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a rating and a review. That really helps. I read them all. It warms my heart and it helps out with the algorithm. If you didn't enjoy it, you know, you don't have to leave. You can say nothing. You can't say nothing. I won't stop you, but you're it's look, it's America. You can do whatever you want. Thank you to the Space Cossacks for the super awesome song Exolumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever. I'm not going to judge you. See you next Wednesday. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.